Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Forsyth Business Radio. And hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Forsyth Business Radio. I am your host, Amanda Pierce, joined in studio today by two legends. If you have not heard of them, their name is sure to... Uh, bless your ears here in the near future. I am with 1631 Digital, and I have Aaron Finley and Joe Corby in studio. How are you doing today, fellas? Fantastic. Excellent. And Joe actually flew all the way in from D.C. just for this show, didn't you? Yep, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> your arms are tired. I am thrilled that we had a chance to connect while you were in state. Thank you, Aaron, for reaching out, and I'm so glad that um, we're here together on the show. Uh, Before we start, and before I get too too far into it, Aaron Finley is the Vice President of the Atlanta Operations Arm here in Georgia, and Joe Corby is the President and CEO of 1631 Digital. They are a seven-year-old full-service data and digital marketing firm with offices in D.C., Annapolis, and now Alpharetta, Georgia. So I will turn the mic over to you, Joe, and let you share a little bit about your role within the company and kind of the conception, and then we'll introduce Aaron as well. Sure. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, Thrilled to be here. 1631 Digital started seven years ago, uh, primarily in the political issue advocacy space. Uh, We work uh, with a number of political candidates. We still uh, operate out of Washington, D.C. and uh, in that regard, um, we are really uh, identified as data specialists. Uh, We use uh, a number of Uh, uh, information and data sets that are unique. Uh, We combine about 10 different platforms where most people use just one, and we're able to get um, more of an intender-based sort of look at data in terms of uh, how we deliver advertising. Obviously, there's not a um, political uh, election every year, so we brought our uh, company into uh, B2C, started working with uh, the luxury lines uh, in the Annapolis, Maryland uh, market. There we started working with Aston Martin, Bentley, Beneteau Yachts, and a number of uh, other luxury restaurant chains uh, in the area. That sort of ballooned into more uh, advertising agency in scope. And now we're opened in uh, here in Atlanta, and uh, this is going to be more of a hybrid between the political side and the, the brand service uh, and uh, consumer side. Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. As Joe alluded to, we're you know we specialize in, in in data and delivery, and it's targeting of a particular audience. We got really good at that in the political space, in the issue issue space, um, influencing folks or legislation on Capitol Hill, stuff going on in the executive branch or at the federal regulatory level. And then we thought, well, um, you know, if we can hit a particular audience on Capitol Hill, we can do the same thing for you know luxury auto, luxury boating, uh, luxury retail, and luxury dining. And then, of course, we just took that and ran with it. And now we do it for everybody, you know, the local orthodontist down the street. Well, that's a that's very uh, large scope that you guys cover. I'm really curious about the luxury brands, but I don't want to digress and, and go down a rabbit hole. Out of curiosity, what was the first company or client that you worked with, Joe? Obviously, are you the founder in addition to being the CEO? I am the founder. Um, it, it started uh, during the Trump-Clinton uh, election cycle. And we were working with some associations. Uh, I believe the first one was the National Pork Producers, a you know, big, sexy account. 
uh, and, and they were looking t- to reach five farming states uh, to um, get uh, a number of people to mobilize and send in inform- you know, uh, requests to Congress. And we were able to um, successfully identify audiences that would have higher propensities to reach out to their legislators. And uh, that, that sort of got the ball rolling for us. And then you jumped from pork? In politics to luxury brands <laughs> and also so you can obviously see how that works well together right <laughs> yes so l- tell me a little bit about because you were sharing before the show your secret sauce as far as geofencing and you used a whole bunch of terms that I'm unfamiliar with but I will be googling later so that I can sharpen my skill set as well um, hyper targeting and force multiplier those are all really strong words of emphasis so Aaron this question is to you specifically as uh, the new overseer of this you you called it a hybrid market here Mm -hmm. um what do you use those things like how do you apply those to your clients well uh, excuse me what Um, are those things for people that are listening that don't know all right so joe joe is the is the data expert i would explain it this way i mean we're we're using as joe explained as joe said um in tender-based data we have 550 million opt-in data points that we're accessing um, and those are zero to five days old. So it's the data that we're using is super fresh. We're also mixing that with a number of um, data relationships on up to 10 different delivery platforms simultaneously, which gives us this, this very robust data pool, allowing us to go out and target, as I like to say, anybody, anywhere they present themselves, anytime they present themselves online within a particular geography. And that's that that particular audience, you know, if we're looking at Forsyth County voters and Republican voters, we're going after them, you know, here in Forsyth County, if we're looking at the same thing in Fulton or DeKalb or Cobb or doing or statewide, it's just, you give me the target, we'll create the profile, you show me the geography, and then we turn ourselves, we turn, you know, the data loose on that and we can hit them wherever they might be. So there's nobody that you can't reach. (laughs) Exactly right. We can start wars with this stuff. Oh gosh. And do you know, I, somebody told me a funny joke the other day. What's the best place to bury a dead body? Where? On the second page of Google. <laughs> Nobody's looking on the second right, page of Google. Right. They're only looking on the first page. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what inspired you to bring this entity to the Atlanta area, specifically Alpharetta sure. um, from Maryland and DC? Yeah, well, there's a variety of different reasons. Uh, if you go back to the last election cycle, it was so uh, important in terms of the national politics or the political scene. Uh, Aaron is from this area. Uh, he grew up here, and I'll let Aaron kind of go into that. Uh, but uh, being able to take that, uh, that, that, uh, that vantage of Washington, D.C. politics and everything that we just talked about and bring it to the local uh, political scene down here, here is uh, something that we think would be really, really um, good for, for everyone. Um, and then the second part of that is uh, giving local retailers and brands and services the opportunity to have a very high-tech strategic ability to get their um, message out to customers and consumers. Um, it, just, it just seemed like the most obvious thing we could do. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your expansion. And Aaron, I'd like you to unpack a little bit of the personal side first and foremost. I had no idea that you were local. So share with us your ties to the Atlanta area or Alpharetta or. Yeah. So I, um, as I like to say, I grew up on the other side of the river over in Dunwoody, um, <clears throat> went to North Springs high school and then, uh, finished school up at Darlington school in Rome, Georgia. And I'm a graduate of Georgia Southern university. I have a master's degree from GSU. Um, but I spent 25 years in DC 
and it was just time to get out. Came back home, took some time off, and, you know, I'd worked with Joe previously. We were former colleagues, also a good close personal friend of mine. And uh, when he, so I worked with him in uh, my capacity at 1631 previously and then took some time off, and he wanted me to open an office here in Georgia. And Georgia's on fire from an economic development standpoint. I mean, the entire state, particularly Forsyth County, but the entire state is on fire. We thought what they do up in D.C. is, you know, slick and sophisticated and Quite honestly, I don't think it holds a candle to what's been going on down here in the state of Georgia. I mean, it's, you know, we thought we were a big time up there. This I'm thoroughly impressed. So this is the right place to be at the right time. That's uh, ar- ironic to hear from you because you're a third, like, party perspective. Somebody coming from the digital space that's able to identify all of that growth and kind of capitalize on that um, and be on on the front end of it rather than the back end of it. I would agree with you. Uh, this area is on fire as far as development, especially economic development. And we've seen a lot of change as far as the political nature here lately. Joe, tell us a little bit about your background and how you started the agency and about what your day-to-day role is like as the president and CEO. Uh, so my day-to-day life is like living in a snow globe. I mean, this <laughs> is like organized chaos. Uh, but we started 1631 Digital. Uh, as Aaron mentioned, we both come from the world of media. Uh, it's sort of a, a, a varied uh, experience from uh, Aaron, myself, and our C-level team. We come from uh, political issue advocacy, uh, media, specifically inside the Beltway publications. Uh, Aaron was uh, on the team that started Politico, uh, but uh, everyone else on our team is – uh, coming from uh, broadcast, uh, print media, out of home, uh, TV. I mean, it's just an eclectic group. Uh, for me, when I started, I thought, you know, uh, dip into the contacts that we had in politics and extend what I learned from the other half of my career, which is um, working for the Tribune Company. I was the advertising director of the Baltimore Sun. Um, and within that uh, experience, it really taught me the value, especially seeing the, the transition from print to digital and how important it was and uh, how you could utilize that uh, for bringing customers into the door. Everybody needs a digital strategy. Everybody has to have some sort of minimum expectation you could do for your company. And so we brought a lot of that uh Uh, experience to political candidates out of the door, and uh, we were successful in sort of hitting the ground running. That's amazing. So you both have a history in media. You mentioned something about print. Do you think print is dead? I think there's always a place for print. Uh, Look, if it works, it's not dead, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that Atlanta Journal-Constitution or Baltimore Sun, Washington Post, people are still buying it. Um, They might be absorbing it in a different way. You know, um, a lot of that, you know, with with new demographics uh, or audiences, people are looking online, they're looking on mobile phones, mobile devices. So I think, you know, the the core or star of the show is the content, right? So if they can just relay that and and spoon feed it in different ways, um, there will always be a place for print. Then it's all just about accessibility. You hit the nail on the head right there. Everybody's doing everything from their handheld devices. Aaron, talk a little bit about Boots on the Ground, who you look to work with. You and I cross paths at Chamber events. You guys are headed to another event this evening. So how do you kind of get out there and meet the people that you want to do business with, and how do you educate them about your services without having to go into a hard pitch, hard sale? You guys have a very nice website. I was checking it out. you got some celebrity cameos on there. You've got a great um, resume. But how do you connect with uh, prospects, and what do you do to 
market your own products and services? Well, the majority of my career spent was spent cold calling. Um, in D.C., you can call somebody, you know, out of the blue. They'll generally talk to you. They're curious. Uh, started out that way here in Georgia when we opened up shop in January. And you don't get very far with that. Uh, people here are, I guess they're just too busy. And it's just a different culture. Business culture is different. I'm used to the government, um, you know, aspect of it. And uh, that's why we joined the chamber. I mean, we're members of the Forsyth Chamber, we're members of the Cobb Chamber, we're members of the Sandy Springs Chamber, Perimeter Chamber, and then also the Alpharetta Chamber. And it's just that face-to-face. You can't beat that. Um, being in a room with somebody and, you know, talking to them in person, exchanging cards, exchanging emails, setting up the call, that's how we're getting most of our business. Very nice. Well, I will tell you what stood out to me, for our listeners that can't see you, is you have a very uh, nicely styled facial hair. Handlebar mustache. I have a gorgeous beard. It's gorgeous. It's luxurious. Men would be, yes. Other men, you would have beard envy. I have beard envy. We stood up when we did our 30-second pitch at a Mexican restaurant, and instantly, you know, I was like, okay, check. Very well-spoken, sharp individual, and then you handed me your card. Oh, it was nice and thick, and it was just, it stood out (laughs) above all the rest. So those two things stood out to me instantly before I even kind of unveiled more layers talk about some success stories that you've had here in atlanta and then also with the other arms in dc and maryland uh we are now currently on the 23rd of may if you guys are listening live so there's a primary election coming up and i know you guys have had a hand in representing or helping fuel some of the candidates here locally so i'll let you kind of share a little bit about that adventure well uh we're working a nonpartisan state court judge race. Uh, we're working, doing digital, some of the hyper-targeting for one of the candidates. Um, and uh, we expect him to do very well tomorrow. And um, for those of you who are not familiar with the candidates, uh, vote for RuPaul. And if you're listening live, um, we'd love for you to cast your, your ballot for him tomorrow if you haven't already done it via early voting. Absolutely. And maybe you could give a success story from Maryland or D.C., Sure. Other than the pork. <laughs> well, I was going to go in, in vast detail on the pork producer uh, campaign. but Please do. I <laughs> very much enjoy bacon. It's super exciting. It is super exciting. Uh, we are the agency of record of the Maryland Retailers Association. Uh, we work primarily to move issues on state house levels and, and things like that. We also work with Goodwill uh, in a number of different markets. We do digital outreach on store level. Um, in through that office, we also work with Goodwill. Uh, sorry, I just said that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking we work in a number of different markets, uh, Goodwill of Dallas, Tucson, uh, a few in Ohio. And then, um, geez, who else? Oh, well, Aston Martin and Bentley and Beneteau Yachts would round it out. Wow. That's quite the portfolio that you guys have. <laughs> it's, it's I can imagine that you mentioned a strategy portion. So let's say you're taking me on uh, Amanda for America. Okay. I'm your new client. What, what does the strategy session, what does the pre-work kind of look like from a client standpoint? Uh, if I wanted to choose your, your agency. Yeah. So we want to be very uh, transparent when we work with a uh, candidate or a customer in general, um, and find out exactly what the outcome that you want to you know, uh, achieve would be. Ultimately we would construct it from that, on the consumer side, if you wanted more customers, we would sort of look at the DNA of your customer base already and say, all right, here's your former customers, here's your active customers, here are competitive customers, let's create a blueprint to find new customers. On the candidate side, it could be, okay, we want to appeal to people that are undecided, people that are on the other side of the fence, and get relative messages that they would 
resonate, you know, at a higher level and get them to find out what you're all about. The goal is to, you know, get people to take subsequent action. So once they see the ad, feel compelled enough to actually click on the ad, make the visit, and then have a, a, an experience once they're on the page, you know, and then, then we can kind of monitor it from there. And as far as this, you know, strategy you said with the homework, we do ask clients to, we do ask our clients to, you know, to fill out a master strategy file. And with our system, we can go out blind um, and the system, the, you know, artificial intelligence within the system and our own optimization manually will eventually find the targets and hit them. But if you front load our system with enough data, enough information on who you actually think your target is, and the system will optimize automatically anyway, based on that information, it kicks it off that much faster. And clients who do that with us show results, you know, in a lot shorter period of time than somebody who will just say, hey, I don't want to fill this out. And we've had a couple, I've had a couple locally um, who are like, I just don't want to do the master strategy file. And you're like, okay, well, I did it for them. But there's no, nobody knows their business better than they do. Nobody right. knows their customer better than they do. I can kind of figure that out. And our system will eventually get it down but if you front load with all that information and we go out from a targeting standpoint, we'll hit them and we'll hit them quicker and we'll hit them better. That's what you want to do. Full force effectiveness. For those of you just joining, I am speaking here with Aaron Finley. He is the vice president of the Atlanta operation for 1631 Digital and also Joe Corby, who has flown all the way in from D.C. He is the president and CEO. And if you're uh, caring to get in touch with them, you can visit their website at 1631digital.com? 1631digital.com for the political side and then 1631digitaladvertising.com for all other. Okay, so if you want to learn more about all of their offerings or their scope of business, um, you can definitely check them out. When you guys are working with a client, what is the life cycle of that piece of business or that campaign or whatever you call it in your world? So in politics, it's election day. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> that is the drop dead end. Um, everything uh, that uh, unfolds up until that point is sort of a build out of what works and what doesn't work and just concentrating on what works, right? So we're constantly trying to find that sweet spot of optimization that we can continue on with and build and build and build. On the retail side or the brand or service side, it is a little bit more complex because we want to work with you forever. We want to be your in-house marketing team that actually um, does all this stuff for you, right? So that can take on a lot of different um, versions, right? Mm -hmm. So we could take a minimum expectation of revamping a website or doing SEO strategy, SEM strategy. We can create Facebook ongoing sort of social media campaigns, but then also ongoing uh event strategies or sales or things like that, uh, top-of-mind awareness strategies, uh, things that get people to do certain things like sign up for newsletters, likes, follows, uh, appointments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the goal is to just work with the client, find out what is the most important, and then concentrate to figure out how to make that happen. Yes. Do you guys help with lead generation? We do. Okay. We do. Um, Aaron touched on some of the artificial intelligence that we use. Ultimately, that helps us scale things. Um, once we find that, that DNA or that blueprint that we were talking about, then we can look at personal outreaches, right? And what we found is, you know, you can send ads out in front of people all day long and you're going to get, you know, a certain amount of response, a certain amount of um, 
or expectation with that process. But if you are a very specialized industry, and most of the people that we work with are in these very particular industries, um, sometimes taking that information and delivering it and retargeting people in different forms like a LinkedIn or Instagram, you know, any kind of social media in combination with display ads, in combination with connected TV or streaming audio, mm-hmm. in a more omni-channel approach, that helps the, the lead gen pipeline. Um, we have some clients that have mentioned that working with us, they have more uh, customers in the pipeline or prospects in the pipeline than repeat customers for the first time in their company history. Wow. So it's, it's just a matter of working collaborative, collaboratively mm-hmm. and um, – you know, being able to understand the, the marching orders and then just seeing it through. Okay. Yeah, the beauty of the whole thing is it's, um, you know, my background has been the influence game in Washington, D.C., and all this is, whether you're working with a political candidate, an issue candidate, or an issue campaign, or, you know, an auto dealer or a restaurant, it's all the same. You know, the, the, the data and delivery aspect of it is the same. I guess the subject matter is the only thing that changes. It's who are we targeting and what do we want them to do? We want them to cast a vote for the candidate. We want them to call the congressman, or make a write a letter, make a <laughs> reservation, or, you know, purchase the automobile. Um, so, what you know, a lot of what we do is taking the fly to be crewed, taking the fly and putting the fly in the web. And then the spider, is it's the spider's job to come along and eat wrap it. the fly up and eat it. So, like, for our, our Bentley client in Washington, D.C., we'll put qualified test drives on the lot. Do all those people purchase the Bentley? No. Some of them do, but that's not our problem. We put the lead there. It's up to the Bentley guys on the it. lot to actually close the deal. I love yeah. that. We like to say if we, we, we take the boat over where the fish are, and then we find the particular fish that you want. So if you want bluefish, redfish, greenfish, our job is to find those fish, put the hook in the water, and bring them in. Nice. Good that's analogy. Better the, that's better than the spider one. <laughs> I, like, I like my, spi- I like I like my spider both. analogy. Yeah. Come on. They're great. Well, you guys, have you're seven years old. Your company's seven years old, and your Atlanta expansion is – that of just this year, you said January, right? Yep. So what do you expect as far as growth in the next three, five, ten years if you uh, had a magic crystal ball uh, or a snow globe? Yeah, that's well, uh, that's a good question because we, we don't want to scale just to scale. Uh, we want to take on uh, customers and candidates that we feel that we can provide some impact and have some reasonable expectation that we can do a good job. And with that, you know, that we're very cautious of just popping up and becoming like this huge national agency. Um, most of the people, as I mentioned before, that uh, work at 1631 Digital, I've worked with in the past 25 years in media, and I trust them, and I know what they're all about, and I you know, sort of rely on that experience. Um, so in order for us to sort of take that and move into other markets, there would have to be a lot of trust (laughs) and a lot of uh, experience that kind of goes into that. Um, But I don't know. I I, I feel like at this point we've we've done a good job in um, taking what we do already and building upon that and finding accounts that are similar uh, and not kind of going out of that lane Mm -hmm. just to be a a general population sort of -of run-of-the-mill advertising agency. Mm -hmm. We want to be more specialist and – and, and sort of take the all of the data that we talked about, construct it in the best possible way, and then you know offer it to select clients. Very nice. And as far as the service that you guys provide, you mentioned your teams, and Aaron, you oversee the Atlanta firm. Um, what does your team dynamic look like? You mentioned several people, all with a rich media background. 
So do you have people in business development, people in marketing, people in sales? Aaron wears, wears all the Atlanta hats. So kind of define your team. And sure. All in, we, we probably have about, and I say probably because we also have independent contractors and uh, folks that are on the support side, uh, about 25 all hands on deck. Uh, we started in Washington, D.C., and we have an office on Pennsylvania Avenue right by the White House. Uh, that team obviously houses all of the political stuff, and uh, the Annapolis, Maryland location operates more in terms of a full-service advertising agency. So that houses our web dev team and our creative team. So if you needed a website built or um, a TV commercial constructed, those are the guys. Um, and then uh, the rest of the team, I guess, would be uh, sales, support, and then uh, the reporting team, which is, you know, when you're dealing with all this data, just pulling it all together is a full-time job. And we've imagine. got about five people that all they do is reports on um, a typical Analytics. campaign. Yeah. yeah. When you have a customer or client, what do you refer to your clients, partners? When, you were, when you're working with a partner, let's say a, uh, a candidate for office, if they want stats on you know, your progress or your reach, are you able to provide them with any type of measuring stick for your efforts? Yeah, absolutely. Joe, take, take this one because you're better at it than I am. Yeah, so we've moved past just clicks because clicks don't really tell the whole story. Uh, what we want to do is tell the story of success. So we, we reached out to a select group of people. This many people came to the website, and these, this many people took subsequent actions. They were either retargeted, they watched a video, uh, they signed up for something. They are planning on coming to an event. And being able to show that type of insight, you know, there, there's got to be cause and effect in, in all advertising. But digital has always lacked that redemption quality, you know, that attribution. We're even able to show uh, foot traffic, you know, if, if, if you wanted to target a certain group, maybe former customers or, you know, people that you've delivered to, we're able to see if the mobile devices that the ads appeared on actually showed up at a showroom, right? So those types of insights are very interesting and compelling um, as opposed to just spraying and praying and saying, hey, we, we, we put a million ads out there in Forsyth County. Great. What happened after that? Right. Spraying and praying. I like that. I'll have to use that. Go ahead, Aaron. To add to what Joe was saying, you know, the political stuff and the issue stuff is very sexy. The issue you can measure the results. You can see, like, where we just we just won some read awards, which is a campaign and elections um, thing for a campaign uh, that we did for the Internet Security Alliance. And as part of that, um, you know, we were we were messaging, trying to influence what was happening on Capitol Hill, or they were, and we were just doing the delivery, the data and delivery aspect. And folks on Capitol Hill, members of Congress, started using the language from the uh, Internet Security Alliance in their press releases and in their statements on the floor. That's when you know you've, you've crossed a threshold. That's measurable. You can see it. Um, political candidates, you know, it's what happens on Election Day is where it comes. And, you know, we've worked, we've done some overseas, overseas political, and we were very successful in that. And, it, you know, it's hard to... It's hard to measure. We got involved, you know, if it's a nine-inning game, we got involved in that situation about the fifth or fifth or sixth inning, uh, very populated, uh, densely populated area in one of the most populated countries on earth, and we had five candidates. They were all slated to lose, or our client that we were working for at the time had five can local candidates all slated to lose. We won three out of five as a result. Now, did we, we had direct impact on that, but can I tell you exactly what that was? No. But if we're working for, you know, a steakhouse in Annapolis, for example, 
and we're you know tracking reservations on the reservation page. People that we're targeting with ads, we're tracking when they go to the reservation page and make a reservation or when they make a call or as Joe alluded to, when they cross the threshold of the actual physical address, then we can know that you know above and beyond what your normal reservations were, we put X number of reservations on your page or into your restaurant. You know what that is, cost per reservation. So they can give us X number of dollars and we can turn around and say, we gave you this much more back. So that's what's really fun about this, and more even, so than the political. And yeah. even things like with some of our, like, even some, like, other attribution points with some of our uh, renovation companies, we're able to track phone calls that stem from the ads with click-to-call buttons and being even able to record the calls, right? So they're able to match it up with their sales. We're able to see the names and the addresses of the people that showed up from our, you know, pairing back or appending the data of the IP address and saying, okay, well, Aaron came to our site. Aaron ended up buying a new kitchen. Nice. That's definitely ROI, I would say. Out of curiosity, like you mentioned restaurant. I worked for Longhorn all four years being in college, and I actually went to school right up here in Dahlonega. Um, when you work with a Longhorn or a Texas Roadhouse, just for example, do you work with each property on a local level, or are you targeting the corporate element um, in order to have them utilize your services? Yeah, so most franchises are going to come from the top, right? Uh, they, they typically have one uh, marketing director that handles all of those decisions, but um, the way that we operate on the, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, site level uh, or uh, restaurant level is we would look at each campaign as an individual campaign and then give a master top line performance of the program. And then, uh, you know, here's what happened in Forsyth. Here's what happened in Cummings. Here's what happened, you know, and go down the list and show individual campaign level analytics so they could see the effectiveness and what they might need to adjust and that can also affect, okay, if Tuesdays seems to be a, a slow day, we could push more impressions in Forsyth or, you know, uh, we could push the lunch crowd, uh, you know, at, at, at with different messages. So um, it's a good question. It varies. It's never the same. But right. for the most part, it usually comes from that corporate umbrella. So is there any um, company or candidate or person that is too small or too large for your organization to surmount? Um, the answer is no, but it also has to have enough bandwidth or runway for it to be successful. Um, the whole optimization program has to learn from itself. So that means it has to learn how to succeed just as much as it learns how to fail. fail yeah. Um, and the beauty is once it learns how to succeed, it pushes more in as a directional, you know, strategy in that direction. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, there is you know, with us, we would be reasonable and say, you know, if you could spend this in this area doing these particular things, you'll be successful. Um, otherwise, you might want to look at other forms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've learned in business that there's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody that comes, you know, across your table is the right fit. Right. And as business owners or leaders, it's, it's okay to determine that and not take a piece of business. Aaron, being that we are here in the Atlanta area and you are, um, overseeing the Atlanta arm. Who do you look to work with outside of the, the political element? Cause we've kind of driven that one home. Who do you look to do business with? Who would be a great connection for you? Um, I'm interested actually in just from my Forsyth 
chamber experience, uh, roofing companies, because I think usually we'll explain our system to folks. And again, folks know their business a lot better than we do. We know our system. We know what it can do. And we'll explain it to people. And sometimes people come back and go, you know, I don't need you for X, Y, and Z, but could you do this? And we'll scratch our head a little bit and think about it. And we're like, yeah, we can. Um, and I just think for the roofers, um, you know, I think that we would be and, and, and the ability to get in front of people before a storm, in the middle of a storm, and after the storm is exactly what we can do. And yes. we can do it from a geolocation standpoint. Also, you know, one area that we're super interested in, and that we do a lot of work with up in the middle mid Atlantic, is uh, e- departments of economic development. Like we just had a meeting this morning with. Uh, the head of communications for the state of Georgia department of economic development, just talking to them, just having conversations. Um, we'll be meeting with, uh, some folks out of Alpharetta, uh, city of Alpharetta tomorrow to have that same type of discussion. So, you know, in, in the state of Georgia is on fire. Forsyth County is on fire from an economic development standpoint and our ability to, you know, hit the right people with the right message, wherever they might be, whether they're in, you know, Iowa, and you're trying to bring corporate headquarters or manufacturing to the state of Georgia or the county of Forsyth, or if they're in Taiwan and you're trying to bring, you know, um, uh, the, the semiconductor manufacturing, I guess you can't do it in Georgia, but you can do it in Texas. But you know what I mean? We'll be able to go out and reach, reach out and touch the right folks in, 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 from a messaging standpoint, getting the, you know, whatever municipality, whatever county or whatever state entity that we're working with on the economic development side, we can get our message in front of the right, the people who are going to make those decisions to bring that business here. Very nice. You mentioned roofing and I have a couple of buddies who have started companies over the past few years. They broke a mill in their first year. They are on fire. But as a result, the market has become heavily saturated with all these roofing companies that have just stemmed from larger roofing companies because they all learned how to do it and they found the vendors, etc. So you're saying that you could help roofing company A stand out over roofing company B, C, and D in the saturated market through your direct efforts. Sure. So, like, the example I would give, right, in Washington, D.C., when I was at WTOP, we had, uh, what is it, uh, Patrick Finkel's it's New Home Design. He's their roofing company, right? That guy spent money on every radio station, every television station, everywhere he could be. He just wanted to be top of mind awareness. I call it the Morgan and Morgan effect. Like, if you get in an accident or something like that, who are you going to call? Morgan and Morgan. Because you know the name. That's it. And you know kind of what they do. So, if you're in a situation after a storm and the, your roof is ripped off or there's a tree sticking out of it, you don't care who you contact or who contacts you first because they're going to take care of it for you. They're going to do all the paperwork. They're going to deal with the insurance company. And most importantly, they're going to put the roof on in 24 hours. So our ability to get out in front and get you know get a, a particular company's name and contact information in front of a, a homeowner who's got a problem that they need fixed yesterday and they want it, you know, they want it done now, um, you know, again, before the storm, during the storm, after the storm Uh there's there's also ways to automate that process so uh, there's you've in broadcast so you've heard of day parting yeah there's something called weather parting so when the temperature gets to a certain level you can send out ads if it starts raining you can send out ads if there's a weather alert for flooding you can send out ads i have seen just through organic efforts on facebook and stuff roofers that will post like the literal meteorological meteorological material say the word meteorologists weather weather report (laughs) like oh a big storm is coming you know like prepare call us for hail and they're doing it like two days and i'm looking at the weather app like oh wow there is a storm coming in 72 hours 
Yeah, there's. I mean, I would assume there's a little guesswork involved because whether it's you know it's it gets it's pretty precise, but it's not exact and not an exact science. So you're looking at an area you know that's going to likely get hit, and so if you're you know you're going to be targeting folks before the storm, um, you're going to be painting with a broad brush as the storm is coming through. You can and, and we can we can adjust ba- you know d- down to literally you know, a couple, we can target within a couple feet of a, you know, of that parking space out there in the, in the parking lot, but you can adjust um, as needed and almost in real time. So as the, as the weather front is coming through and you're looking at a particular area that's going to get hit hard. And then, you know, after the fact, which areas got clobbered, right? Mm -hmm. Where the winds were the most because everyone's reporting on it. It's on the weather, it's on the weather map. And then you can also just hone in on those, those particular that particular, not well. You could the particular homes, but within the particular area that are neighborhoods yeah. that were damaged. So one one other thing. I mean, we all know that the best advertising is word of mouth, right? And the other thing that we can do is, let's say that Aaron is getting a new roof in his neighborhood. We can target the rest of the neighborhood, right? I mean, what roofers typically do is they stick a sign, yeah. another great roof by Joe's Roofing, mm-hmm. right? We can we can fence the entire neighborhood and make sure that just the homes in that neighborhood get a message from that roofer. Very cool. Yeah, we, we call that the Bentley effect. So we did that for Bentley owners in the Washington, D.C. metro area. There's not very many of them, right? Mm-hmm. You're only talking about a few hundred. So we took uh, the immediate neighborhoods and, and put Bentley advertising in the immediate neighborhoods of Bentley owners. And the idea being, if you live next to somebody who can, who owns a Bentley, you could probably afford one as well. Got to keep up with the Joneses. Yep, exactly. exactly. (laughs) I like it. I love the, um, how psychology plays into what we all do. And you guys are very passionate about 1631 digital. And I am also a passionate marketer. So I think we could speak about marketing all day long. I want to ask you a personal question, Joe. Sure. Obviously this is your baby from conception to fruition. What is your favorite part about leading this organization? Well, I spent close to 30 years working for other people, and I had some pretty good jobs along the way. And a lot of those jobs were me trying to explain to people, well, this is what I would do if it were me, you know, building out a, a successful strategy. And turns out I was right. No, it, it, <laughs> and just being able to, to be able to, to um, implement a lot of this stuff. And just using a lot of good judgment because, you know, we use artificial intelligence, we use data, but a lot of it is just, you know, very good specific strategy. And the the cool thing is surrounding myself with Aaron and Richard and Joe and some of the other folks on our C-level, they know way more than me, you know, just in general in terms of putting strategy together and responding to RFPs and just having very professional responses and being able to see those responses come back and then the campaigns unfold and then having them be successful is probably the most rewarding thing. I could see how that is. I wanted to ask you and I'll ask you, Aaron um, and Joe chime in if you, if you'd like one thing that I feel to mention that you guys um, do is work with nonprofits. Give me an example of what you guys do to an assistant to assist a nonprofit Forsyth is loaded with nonprofits. We actually host a nonprofit segment called Giving Back to Forsyth. So what could you do for Jesse's house or um, the collection? How would you guys help them specifically? So we work with a number of nonprofits, as you mentioned, to handle uh, a lot of different levels of marketing. Uh, the, the best minimum expectation that a nonprofit can do for themselves is to work within the Google Grant Program. Uh, we have a team that that's all they do. They, they work with Goodwill and some of our veterans affairs uh, groups to uh, get 
a grant from Google that will pay upwards of $10,000 a month in credit, right? And it's all cost per click. It's all, um, you know, not glamorous stuff, but the stuff that you're able to use it for is great for development, um, donations, uh, all kinds of different things. With, with Goodwill in particular, they use it for car donation. They use it for events. Um, the only thing that you can't use it for is education and competitor targeting, you know, where you're going after your competitors in a, in a way that's um, not in line with what they have outlined. So, uh, you know, that type of, you know, just getting on the ground floor of Google and having the search engines react and having organic, you know, audiences find you is literally the best possible scenario that they can do. Everything else, uh, you know, we, we can find uh, donations, you know, we can, uh, we can target uh, former donors, we can target, uh, you know, people to sign up and, and follow and like and, you know, all the usual things that people want from digital. But um, it varies. There's a lot of event strategies that we work on um, as far as concerts and you know, things like that. Yeah, so To raise funds and awareness. Yep. Very cool. And you answered my question directly because obviously nonprofits are not for profit. So they are seeking funding all day, every day. That's in, in their main vein. So that grant is very useful. I'll have to share that information with some of the local nonprofits. Unless you're a DC nonprofit, because there's nothing nonprofit about a DC, <laughs> DC nonprofit. <laughs> yep. You guys, um, time has passed so quickly, and I promised I wouldn't keep you here for too long. Although that door is locked, so you cannot escape. I want to give you the opportunity to share your contact information with our listeners, and then any parting thoughts or any words of wisdom that you might like to leave with those listening. I'm not gonna run with the words of wisdom. Uh, the only thing that I would say is, you know, in terms of marketing in general. Uh, I think you have to expand on uh, more of an omni-channel approach. And, you know, I'm not saying digital is right for everybody, but you have to do something. You have to get your name out there. You have to, you know, expand it in a, in, in a number of different directions. And digital certainly can help, um, but, you know, broadcast is great. It, it, the goal is to get the end response that you, we were talking about, either get elected or get customers uh, in our case. So, uh, I think that at the end of the day, you know, find a strategy that, um, you know, is viable and keep doing it. I like it. And Aaron? Um, I would just say, you know, if, you, if you're if you interested, uh, give me a call. My number's 202-631-3157. You can reach me at Aaron at 1631digital.com. And you could reach Joe at Corby at 1631digital.com. Joe, if you want to give him your number. Well, uh, Ooh, the bold. email is C-O-R-B-E at 1631Digital, uh, and then my phone number is 443-310-6266. And, and see, he has a Baltimore area code. I have a D.C., and I'm never going to get rid of my D.C. I like number. it. Hold on to it. And Aaron is spelled A-A-R-O-N for that those is. that might be fiddling with how to spell Aaron. Correct. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've enjoyed our conversation tremendously. I look forward to continuing to learn more about your organization. Aaron, I look forward to participating in some events together. For those Likewise. of you who would like to find this episode, you can download for Site Business Radio on your favorite audio platform. Where do you listen to podcasts, Joe? Uh, on 1631digitalnews.com. You have, wait, you, what? <laughs> you can listen to podcasts there? Yeah, I'm we, so we have going a number of partners, but, uh, you know, all the usual suspects, yeah. uh, Spotify, Pandora. Uh, iTunes, me too, iTunes. and yourself. Same as Joe. 
Same. Okay, well, I'm going to have to check it out. Well, you know you can access these shows 24-7 on businessradiox.com and simply select the Forsyth Studio. Um, if you'd like to follow along with us on social media, please do. We'd love to engage at Forsyth Radio X. I've been your host, Amanda Pierch, and this is Forsyth Business Radio. 